You know, UNC's margins of victory haven't been all that dissimilar through two games from last year's team. But yet, this team feels completely different. Why is that, Pat Kilby? I guess we should figure it out today, huh? You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, what's up? It's Wednesday, November 15th, 2023. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there coming at you five days a week. I'm your host, Isaac Shea. Joining me today is our guy, Coach Pack Kilby. We want to thank you, everydayers, for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listener watch to get your team every single day. If you're new to the show, what's up? Welcome in. We're so glad you're here, too. The episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. By the way, if you want to have more involvement, more conversation with this Locked On Tar Heels community, come join our Discord, man. It's going on every day. Tons of people are joining it. Pack and I are very active in there as well. And man, I think you would love to have it, not just from the sports conversations but just because it's good to be connected to other Tar Heels so come join us coming up on the show today Pack and I are gonna have just some fun conversations looking at where things are at where things are headed all of that so we're gonna look at what do we need to see in the game against UC uh, UC Riverside on Friday the final tune-up before Battle for Atlantis we've got several guys that are off to good scoring starts but we want to know who's gonna be like that like fourth or fifth part of that component uh, to really set things off offensively. But before we get to either of those conversations, Pat, last year in the first couple games of the season, I think we, you and I felt it, right? There, there were these beginning glimpses of like, Carolina's not blowing people out here and they should be. Are we concerned? Their their average margin of victory through the first two games was 14 and a half points. This year, it's it's higher. It's 19 uh, point margin of victory through two games, but not all that crazy higher. And it's not felt like either game has been a runaway. In fact, not only has it not felt like it, it just straight up hasn't been. But Pac, are you in agreement with me? Before we even talk about why, do you agree with me that this just feels so much different than last year? Are you there or not? Oh, I'm definitely there. Um, I, you know, there's several reasons I see. Um, first of all, one of the differences for me this year versus last year is last year when I think about those games and when I look back at them, I actually thought we would take care of business early, and then in the second half, those teams would kept, you know catch up and find themselves back in the game. And a lot of that was because we weren't using depth. Hmm. And this year, to me, it seems like it's been a ball game. It's been competitive. And then the last 10 or 12 minutes, we really start to pull away. Yep. And I think it is because of the fact that Coach Davis is using more depth this year. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we're better too. Um, so it's probably a little bit of both of those things. But the the victories do feel different because it feels like we're actually utilizing our depth, wearing people down, and then separating ourselves versus playing five, maybe six guys building a lead and then teams getting back in it down the stretch because of poor shot selection and no depth. 
And so to me, that's where uh, this starts to feel a little bit different. But then, you know, I I see this year that um, there's just so much to hang our hat on. Like, um, I think the rotation will tighten up some as we go on. Especially next week once we get to Atlantis, right? Yes. Yeah, for sure. But maybe not Northern Iowa, but those second two games probably. Yeah. Yeah. And, and still though, I mean, two games, yes. Um, small sample size, but Armando hasn't hit 30 minutes in a game yet. And so we're getting plenty of reps and minutes to some of these younger guys or some of these guys that are new to the program. And I just love it because we're getting them all those minutes. We're keeping our, our top guys well rested, not, you know, having overbearing minutes um, or an overbearing load, and we're still pulling away and winning by more than we did last year. And so there's a lot to be encouraged about with this group. Yeah, I mean, not only Armando. Uh, in uh, Sunday's game, uh, oh gosh, who did we even play Sunday? It's completely gone. Uh, Lehigh. Lehigh, thank you. Uh, I keep getting Lehigh and Radford flipped in my head. Against Lehigh, nobody played 30 minutes. That's You and I have begged for that, right? Like all offseason and all last year. And so it's funny that um, the depth is a lot. I love your point about the depth is allowing Carolina to pull away late, but I think it's also the depth that is um, causing it to be a little closer earlier. Here's what I mean by that. Coach Davis is utilizing the depth in ways of like testing out different lineups, checking out different, um, you know, groupings of players, see who works well together, who doesn't. And while that might lead to not as comfortable of a margin of victory as you maybe want, it's allowing the team to kind of figure out who they are. It's allowing the coaching staff to see what's working and what's not, while yet still getting a win and still doing what you need to do down the stretch. And so ultimately, it's a win. I mean, yes, obviously it's a win in in the record book, but a win to get this testing of all this depth pack because it's like, I, I think if you just look at, at the score and that's all you see you don't watch the game maybe you don't get on the surface the things that you and I are talking about right now but when you dive in and watch the game you see like you you just talked about Armando for example the level of efficiency he's at to not have touched 30 minutes yet but he is still the leading rebounder in the nation right now I mean come on dude like if he's doing that imagine what happens when he does play more minutes maybe it doesn't go up all that much because he's you know the efficiency goes down as the minutes go up and uh so maybe that's a thing too but um i I love all these points these ideas that this just feels different so i'm right with you i'm glad you agree with me as well um you know last week even you and i talked some about just the, the connectivity that this team has and we've heard them talk about that in the chemistry over and over and over again and i think uh, that I think that plays a role in this whole conversation of why it just kind of feels different. And interestingly, Pac, tell me what you think about this. Like, we're, we're going to talk about the UC Riverside game in a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if same kind of thing. It's not this like wildly massive blowout, but maybe a comfortable 20 to 30, you know, in, in the 20s kind of margin because Carolina is still testing things out. And as you said, that rotation will eventually shorten. You know, next week, like the second game will either be Texas Tech or Villanova. When you face a power five, power six opponent, it's going to be different. And that's when we'll start to see it look different. But I wouldn't be surprised even in Friday night's game if we see more of this testing. Agree or no? Oh, I definitely agree. And, you know, to your point, the connectivity and the chemistry, that's another reason why 
this group feels different to me. You know, last year felt for whatever reason, it just it never felt like, you know, complete. It was just kind of a struggle all the time and a battle for um, Atlanta. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of just gave me like a vibes of is this RJ's team or is this Caleb's team? And it was just never really or is it Armando's team? It just wasn't really a smooth situation. Mm-hmm. And this year it feels like there is a lot more connectivity. But here's the beauty of it. I don't feel like we've played our best game yet, not even close to it. No, like, oh, gosh, no. We're, we're still developing the chemistry. And, uh, like, uh, there's times where I think we could do a better job of finding Cormac Ryan, and that's not happening yet. But it will. And like, he's going to shoot better than he's shot, like, for, on Sunday's game, right? Like, we're going to see that. Just be patient with it, folks. Right. There's still – Not in the – like, I feel like we said that – sorry to cut you off. We said no. that about Pete Nance last year, too. But you, you, folks, you got to know how different those shots are. Like, just just trust it; it's coming. Yes, and it, like, there's still kinks in this chemistry, but I don't say that in a bad way. Like last year, there was kinks in the chemistry, but there wasn't really a desire to have it fixed. This group is connected; they just have to get used to playing together and filling each other out in live play with fans in the stands against another school. You know, and that that stuff is going to come over time. Uh, but that's what's that's why these victories feel different to me is, yeah, we're still winning by 19 and we're not even close in my mind to what we're going to be. And that's why I'm so encouraged by this group. And that that time that you talk about is only going to happen as Carolina plays more games, gets more reps together and does all of that. So we just got to let it unfold. But here's what I'd like to encourage us all to do, me included. I was thinking about this earlier today is we get to go on this journey together, right? Like the players are developing themselves and as a unit in real time. And while we don't get to see that happen at practice, like just remember what happened against Radford on night one. And then think back to Lehigh on night two, look ahead to UC Riverside and then battle for Atlantis and then Tennessee right after that. You're right. Like we get to go on this ride together and like, it'll be awesome pack. And you and I get to be part of the mouthpiece of that. Like, it's just, so fun. So folks, buckle in, enjoy this ride. Everything that Pac just talked about, we get to be witness to it. It'll be awesome. Well, coming up for the next part of the conversation, Pac just talked about how last year's team, was it RJ? Was it Mondo's? Whose was it? We want to figure out, yeah, those guys are going to be right at the top of the heap, but who's going to be a couple guys down the line in terms of scoring? Who's going to add that depth to the scouting report that report that other teams have to watch? We're going to have that conversation in just a second. Right after I tell you that this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by our good friends at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, patience. What brings home the winning play is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has got everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers to roof racks, exhaust kits to LED headlights and more. Whether you're into speed, power, style, whatever it is, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. All right, Pat, here's what we want to explore now. 
you know, obviously, as expected, Armando and RJ are the leading scorers on this team thus far. Uh, Armando averaging 23 and a half points a game through two games. That probably goes down, but good grief, it's ridiculous. RJ's sitting at 17 and a half. Harrison Ingram is third at 13. Those are the three guys in uh, double-digit scoring right now. Just below them is Cormac Ryan at nine and a half. As Pac talked about, uh, we're going to see more of him. I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him get up to double-digit scoring as well. So those four guys, Pac, let's set them aside. And then my question is, there are seven other scholarship players. I want to know, when we look up at the end of the season, that fifth leading scorer is going to be who? Before you answer that, do you agree with me, though, that those are going to be the top four scores in average when the season's all over? Absolutely, I do, yeah. Okay, so after that, the other seven scholarship players, you've got Jalen Washington, Elliot Cadeau, Jalen Withers, uh, Paxson Wojcik, Seth Trimble, Zayden High, and James Aconquo. Of those seven, who is number five in scoring when it's all said and done? Well, let me first start by saying I think – well, it wouldn't really surprise me to see it be a different guy every night or every other night. Like I, I could see Jay Witt going for a couple nights of being that fifth guy. I could see Cadeau hopping in there. I could see Zayden High or Jalen Washington hopping in there. And so I could see all of them. But I think when it like all shakes up, dependent kind of thing. What, like, what do you think leads to that? Um, I just think that those. Well, first of all, the top four guys of um, Armando and RJ and Cormac and Harrison. I think those guys are going to, they're going to do so much. And Hubert has done a really good job of, I feel like there's some defined roles this year. Mm. I think the team knows these are our four dudes. Yeah. And just depending on matchup. That's the key. Not only these are our four dudes, but we're, we're awesome with that. That's what we want. Yes, everybody understands that they're on board with it. They support it. It's it's great to see that. Um, and but I think because we have those four clearly defined, the rest kind of depends on matchups and um, maybe even some foul trouble. Like if Baycott goes out early with foul trouble, Jay Wash might come in and have himself a day. That's right. Or uh, Zayden High might come in and have himself a day. Or maybe. Cadeau just has a mismatch and he's able to expose it because Lord knows it's hard to keep that kid in front. You know, he's very, very quick. He's quick, uh, man. Yeah. So um, I could see, you know, just depending on matchups and how the game goes, I could see it being different players. Um, I do think, though, when it all shakes out and it's all said and done, I think Cadeau will be the fifth guy. Um, and, and here's the deal. I know he struggled to kind of shoot the three ball against Lehigh on Sunday. I'm not buying too much into that. Um I think he can shoot it for one. Number two, I think if he's struggling, he's going to shoot himself out of it. And, you know, number three, I think when the speed of the game, when he starts to slow down and start to, you know, adapt to the way the college game is played, he's going to be a nightmare for opponents. And so I I see him fitting into that fifth spot, but I could see a couple other guys as well. What do you think? Um, My, my just in short, Jalen Withers is my answer to this. I think, We've seen a little bit of a slow-ish start for him just because he's been trying to get back healthy. But I think once he's healthy, um, he's just going to kind of start really stepping up more. Like he is, like you, you just talked about Elliot's athleticism, for example. There, There's 
Jalen Withers has that in a way, like all due respect to Dontrez Styles. I think Jalen Withers is going to be what we wish Dontrez had been. Is that is that a fair statement for me to make? Yeah, absolutely. You know, like because he's he has shown a history of being able to hit threes at a consistent rate. He has the size to play some four. I mean, shoot, Zayden played small ball five the other day. Could we see Jay Witt step into the to the five sometimes? So I think because of the multiplicity of what he can do positionally, I think because of because of his athleticism and shooting, I think because of his size, his frame, all of that to me leads to um him being able to do the things that are gonna have him scoring more. Like the way he attacks the rim, he's somebody like I'm I'm just making a business decision and getting it out of getting out of the way, ha- have your way with getting into the lane. And so for me, he's going to do enough of that where um, he will do that. Now, I, with Elliot, um, I think it's there too, and I, I could very well see it. The reason I didn't go with him is I think there's just going to be enough. Yes, he will call his own number, but there's going to be so much uh, facilitation and distribution from him that I think uh, that that will pull him down from being that fifth leading scorer. Uh, that's just was my assessment of it, but it wouldn't shock me at all if that was the answer to who's the fifth leading scorer. Um, but Jay, you know, so as it stands right now, let me let me give everybody the numbers on it. Jay Washington, Jalen Washington is fifth right now at six and a half. Elliot is sixth at six points. Jay Withers is uh, after that at four. Wojcik at three and a half. Seth at two and Zayden High at one. So, um, you know, my man Jay Witt is a little bit lower than than your guy, Elliot or Jay Washington. But, uh, man, I just see that number continuing to climb for him as he gets more comfortable and uh, is settled back into full health. So that's my take. Pac, can you see it or no? I can. Yeah, I can see it for sure. I'll tell you one thing I really like about Jay Witt. He is great in the passing lanes. Hmm. He's very disruptive defensively. And with his speed and athleticism, man, I could see him turning in that turning that into a dunk or two a game. Just, that's true. You know, getting out there, steals. I mean, that's easy too, four points yep. that he's going to pick up right there. Right. And so it wouldn't surprise me at all to see him be that fifth guy. And, you know, somebody we didn't even talk about was Paxson Wojcik. And I could see him doing it just simply because of his pure stroke. Yeah, I mean, he could come in, hit two or three threes a game and slide into that fifth spot. Yep. And I know his role has kind of been – it's been a little odd, you know, so far because he starts the game and then he disappears for a while and then he comes in at the end and it's like, okay, what happened to Wojcik? But yep. um, I can definitely see him making an impact too, especially with all his experience and the veteran he is and the way he shoots his team. I mean, it's be, so interesting. I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say it could be – man, it could really be any of these guys. They're all talented in their own way. And I just think that speaks like the fact that we could make a legitimate argument for multiple people to answer this question, I think continues to speak to the depth we really, truly believe this team has. And so while we've each given an answer, uh, I think it's I, I didn't even expect this as we were preparing this conversation, but it's a neat way to continue to show the depth that we can't we can't land on an answer where we're like, no, I don't think that's right. You know, like the fact that that argument is there is a win for Carolina. So we'd love to know who you think would be the fifth leading scorer behind that big four combination. Let us know in the comments, find the show on a Twitter or jump into the discord and let us know in there. All right, coming up in just a second, we want to look ahead to UC Riverside. There is one more non-conference game after that. 
but it's like into January. So this is the last tune-up before everything hits the road in a major way. Battle for Atlantis, uh, Tennessee, UConn, Florida State, Kentucky. Boom, 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 boom. And I'm watching Kentucky in real time. So as Pac, as we're recording this right now, they're tied with number one Kansas, 70 all. Uh, hard to believe Kentucky was up earlier, but uh, Kansas is coming back. So we got uh, there's a lot coming. This is the last tune-up. What do we need to see in that tune-up? Pac and I are going to answer that question here in just a second. Right after I tell you that this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by FanDuel. Hey, score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's $150 if your team wins. So maybe you've been thinking about joining FanDuel. Listen, there's no better time than right now to get in on all that action. The app is really easy to use, and there's a wide array of betting options for you. Things like spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. Here's another example. Uh, we were just talking about Battle for Atlantis. The odds of the teams winning that are out. Pack, let me give them to you because there's a funny one at the end. Carolina, Carolina. has the, uh, the, the highest odds of winning this at plus 330. Next is Arkansas, plus 350. Then Villanova, plus 500. Memphis, plus 550. They're looking a lot better. Texas Tech and Michigan plus 650. That might be the best odds, Michigan, because they look really good, Pack. I don't know if you've seen them yet, but wow. Yes. Stanford at plus 900. And then <laughs> Northern Iowa plus 5,000, Pack. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season now. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. So, Pack, Friday night, 8 p.m., UC Riverside is Carolina's final opponent of this first three-game tune-up for the season. We're going to do a full interview of that on Friday's show, folks, so make sure you're tuned in for that. But here's what I want to talk about right now. Pack, we've seen, uh, as you said, a small sample size, two games thus far, but there are some things we're starting to learn about what this team is and is not. You know, last week, you and I talked about what we want to see them keep doing, stop doing, and start doing. Things like that. So my question for us to answer as, you know, the last several minutes of today's show is, what are we hoping to see from Carolina? What do we want to see from Carolina in this final tune-up for the big push of the non-conference portion of the schedule? Pac, why don't you start? Give me one. For me, I think the thing I would love to see is a faster start. Um, and not that I don't necessarily mean that in an offensive way, because I think we've started fast offensively yeah. both games. <laughs> um, but man, I'd love to see us just get out in that same flow offensively, but get stops defensively and just establish ourselves right away. Hmm. And I know that's a tough thing to do. And, you know, credit to Radford and Lehigh, both those teams were, they were locked in, ready to go. And they yeah. hit some stinking tough shots. I was going to say, they both had backcourts that were, st- I mean, legitimately really good. Yeah, yeah, they were, and and there were times our hand was right here, and they were just still cannon mid-range jumpers on us. So um, I would, though, I would love to see us get off to a faster start, string some stops together early, and um, continue that same offensive flow and see if we can't put UC Riverside away early and then maintain that through the course of 40 minutes by playing as full of a game as we can this early in the season. I like it. Uh, I've got a couple. I'll, I'll go to this one first, though. I would like to see a non-Armando, non-RJ Davis player step up in a major way. Like, I, I need to see a game of Cormac Ryan going for like 25 or something like that, where he's just unconscious from outside, hits 
five or six threes, something like that. Maybe it's um, Harrison just has a, a nice matchup at the four and just really takes advantage of it, right? Um, and, and either of those dudes or anybody else. But, um, you know, Armando's going to get his, RJ's going to get his, but we'd just love to see some more of that diversity so we can really see guys stepping up. Like, I would love it if RJ or Armando was not the leading scorer in this game. That's one for me. What else you got, Pac? Well, first of all, I echo that completely. And in my mind, the kind of the coach in me is thinking, I don't necessarily want to force feed Cormac because you want it to come natural. But, man, if we could get him a good game heading into the battle for Atlantis and shoot that confidence up for him, that would just be huge for us heading into some of those big matchups we're going to have uh, next week. So I echo that. That would be great. Um, the next thing I would like to have is just – I think if we could, as a team, have a great a great day from behind the three-point line, you know, go go out there and hit 10 to 12 threes, shoot them at a high clip, um, you know, 38, 39% as a team. Yeah. yeah. And that goes back to what I was just talking about. Get our confidence up and uh, that connectivity and that chemistry up as we head into some tougher games. I think that would be really big for us. Man, what's funny is I had that on my list as well. Uh, just a high t- – high team three-point shooting percentage. Carolina started the season five for five, right? Like a a great shooting uh, against Radford to start the season. But then I think they only hit two more the rest of the way, like two of 15 was it the rest of the way in that game? Yeah, because they finished seven of 20. And then whatever the the Lehigh number was, which wasn't great either. And so after that first five, it's not been a great uh, three-point shooting performance from Carolina. So uh, let's see it. And as you just said, from multiple dudes, I love that. You talked about settling in and getting comfortable um, for like Cormac. I'd really like to see that like a good floor game controlled by Elliot Cadeau in this one, right? Like I, I think he will still come off the bench. Um, although already his, his per game minutes are higher than Paxson Wojcik. So, you know, we talk about who cares who's starting. Let's look at who's getting starters minutes. Elliot is the, you know, the fifth most points on the, or fifth most minutes on the team thus far. Um, but I'd just like to see him really take a deep breath, you know, start settling into a groove and, uh, and just deliver a good floor general type game. Pack, you got any others or yeah, what are the comments yeah. on that one? No, well, I agree. I mean, I would love that. And I kind of feel the same way about Zayden, like, Ooh, yeah. uh, he's he's just kind of been he's played well in his time out there just hasn't quite gotten things to go like he had a couple buckets around the rim that just kind of danced on the rim and then fell oh, out gosh um, and he still hasn't he he has points but he still hasn't scored an actual field goal yet yes yeah so oh. if we could kind of get him going too that would be really good yeah um, but for me man I, i'd just like to see us come out and just play kind of a full 40 minutes. And like I said, establish ourselves early. Let's spread the ball around. Let's shoot it well. Let's get our confidence going. Let's get everybody in, keep everybody under 30 minutes. And um, just just go into next week, the battle for Atlantis. Go in, you know, with a lot of confidence, a lot of connectivity, a lot of chemistry, ready to play. Because that is, that's going to take some of our best ball to win that tournament. Uh, or even compete in that tournament. That team is, or that field is loaded with good teams. and yeah. so. Um, we're going to have to bring it in. I know you and I, like you were reading the odds earlier, they were what, 5,000 plus 5,000? For Northern Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, if you look at that, you're going, oh, well, Carolina's going to win that easy. That's not going to be easy. 
you know, they beat us a few years ago. Like it was Marcus Page's senior year. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they're going to bring it. And as we all know, Carolina takes everybody's best shot. So I would love to go into that um, tournament with some connectivity, some chemistry, and uh, feeling good about the way we're playing as a team. Okay. Speaking of which, uh, I know Carolina's assist percentage was down in the Lehigh game, but I thought they still shared the ball well. It's just guys were getting fouled or maybe just not quite finishing tough shots. And so I expect that to be back up, but just keep watching for that uh, passing connectivity to be in place um, uh, against UC Riverside on Friday night. As we said, we'll have our full preview for that game, the four corners preview and uh, and other stuff with that on Friday, as well as getting ready for Clemson, a massive football game coming up on Friday. Can't wait for that. And then uh, on tomorrow's show, Coach Rob will be with us as always as well. Pat, great to be together. Uh, excited for you as you get close to your own basketball season. Best of luck to Carl Albert this season. Can't wait to keep tabs on that. You'll have to keep us uh, up to date with what's going on with you guys as the season progresses. Folks, that's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. Thanks so much for being with us, you everydayers, you visitors. Man, so glad you are here. You can email us, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnHeels or either of us at Isaac Shade and at Coach underscore K23. Again, if you want more in-depth and ongoing conversation, come be part of the Discord, man. The link is in the show notes. It's awesome. Subscribe on uh, video and audio formats. If you're watching, smash the like button so we know you're here. And uh, as we said earlier, we'd love to hear your comments on today's show and these topics we've been discussing. Hey, it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Be right back with you tomorrow. But until then, peace.